Welcome to the latest special Save Our Skills bonus episode of the KBB Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis, the managing editor of Taylor's Media. This week, we're looking at job interviews. Nobody likes them, they're stressful, awkward, and unfortunately, totally unavoidable. So we'll be looking at basic techniques, preparations, dress codes, difficult questions, and follow-ups. And that will all be straight from the KBB coalface with my special guest, Tina Wilkins, the HR manager of Vardo. The KBB Review Save Our Skills campaign was set up to help those within the KBB industry who have found themselves on the wrong side of redundancy because of the economic impact of the coronavirus. You can find out more and see all our current candidates at kbbreview.com forward slash save our skills. And as always, we have been supported from the beginning by our good friends at KUKA. So a huge thank you to them. And you can find out more about KUKA at kuka.co.uk. Also, another quick plug for the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021, entries for which are now open. If you're a retailer, designer or supplier in the UK and Ireland kitchen and bathroom sector, then you can enter for free. It's the biggest and longest running awards in the industry and you can find out everything you need to know at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. Okay, let's take a dive into the world of job interviews. It's the final hurdle in any job search, and sometimes you can clear them in a single bound, but it's just as easy to fall flat on your face. So let's get some advice from the front line of recruitment in the KBB industry with Tina Wilkins, who is the HR manager at Brassware and shower supplier Vardo. Hello, Tina. Hi, Andrew. How are you today? Yeah, really good, thank you. And yourself? I'm very good, thank you. Up here in the loft, it's cold and miserable again, but you know, I'm used to this by now. Now, for those that don't know, give us a very quick overview of Vardo and so how many people are employed there, what your exact role is. Okay, so I'm the HR manager at Vardo. We've got around 150 employees based in the UK. We've also got a team out in Dubai and we've got a team in China as well. So we've got people kind of scattered about everywhere. We're very much a family operated business or have been. However, we're taken over by a PLC, Norcross, around eight years ago. And so there's been kind of um, changes, but we've still kind of very much got that family feel. We're also based in, in Sleepy Cheddar, but we're the biggest employer in the area. Which is great. And obviously you have the dual experience there of recruiting from a a small company point of view to a large corporate point of view as well. Absolutely. Well, look, we're here to talk about interviews and they're a strange phenomenon, aren't they? Because no one likes doing them. I I don't like conducting interviews. I find them quite awkward things. They can cause a lot of stress and anxiety, but they're obviously very necessary if you want to get the job. So let's start at the very beginning here, Tina. You, you're the HR manager here. You've gone through all the CVs. You've narrowed it down. You've invited people for interview. Once they've had that invite, what preparations would you be expecting them to make? I think at the moment, of course, people are applying for lots and lots of jobs. But know what you're applying for. Once you've got that confirmation that you're coming to an interview, look at the company, look at what their values are. Does it meet with what you're expecting? And understand about the company, about where its vision is going and where it's going to, does that fit for you? And how can you make it fit for you? So there's a level of sort of background research there that you're expecting people to at least have done before of you've met course, them in person. Of course. And then there's other things, you know, think about the role specifically and how 
I think especially for people that have been in long-term jobs before, actually think about how your skills, your soft skills and and also your technical ones can then evolve into that new role and how it could work. What are acceptable requests you can make before that interview? I mean, is it okay to call you up and say, look, Tina, I've got an interview next week. Can I ask you a few questions about the company? That kind of thing. Absolutely. And I would really recommend that. I think if you can get some information um, and also it's 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 kind of building that rapport, isn't it, before you're even at the interview. You know, it's all about relationship building and actually making sure that, that you're prepared. It kind of shows that level of interest and maturity, really, about the new realm yes i suppose you're right it's setting the scene a little bit for mm. everybody isn't it yeah okay so i mean i'm going really back to basics here but i think it's really is important to, to try and get to the basic information here because that's the stuff that tends to cause the stress and anxiety i think so for example i've got an interview at 10 o'clock what time should i actually turn up so usually i would say 15 minutes before no more than that and certainly you know don't be leaving it until spot on 10 Obviously, with things as they are at the moment with COVID and Teams and, you know, Zoom and all of those things, you need to be there prior. Be ready. It's okay to be the first one and be waiting in the lobby on a Zoom call. Here's the other thing that I think people struggle with at the moment, and that's dress code. You know, what's acceptable and what isn't? Is, you know, a suit and a tie for the, for the men or equivalent for the women, is that still the norm? Or is there a level of casuality, as Alan Partridge would put it, that is allowed? I think there is kind of a level of casuality allowed. However, you would still expect somebody to be prepared. My old boss used to say to me, dress for the job that you want, not the job that you've got. Yes, because as someone who, who does job interviews with people, who does the recruitment, I don't dress differently you know, in my normal work attire, which is jeans and a shirt or whatever. So I always feel so people turn up in a suit and a tie and I, f- I feel underdressed. <laughs> Other questions that will always get asked. How prepared should people be with answers for questions that they know they're going to get asked? Do you know, it's those common questions, isn't it? Like, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Why do you want to work for us? What would you bring to the role that somebody else wouldn't? And it's those kind of things that you need to have an idea about, have an idea about what you're going to say, but you don't want to be too rehearsed. And when people say weaknesses, you know, the standard weakness is... I try to take on too much. I'm a I'm a perfectionist because actually I think people think that that's a strength, but then they're unable to organise. So I kind of think it's about trying to think outside of the box a little bit when it comes to these things. There's lots of standard answers. And if you Google it, you will see them. But actually, it's not about standard answers. It's about what your strengths and weaknesses are, not other people's. Yeah, because those kinds of questions, I think, are as much about just any old thing to talk about to get to know their personality a little bit mm-hmm. as it is about what their actual answers is of course. So if you say to people what's your weakness and they go we well, you know what i think my biggest weakness is i'm just too brilliant yeah that's my problem <laughs> and you just want to think oh all right mate it's a very hard balance to strike in those kind of answers isn't it to not appear arrogant or over rehearsed but also to kind of get across what you want to get across to be able to get the job of course okay so let's look in a bit more detail on that what are you looking for in those answers is it personality or is it specific achievements you can write down in your notes I think it's kind of a little bit of both I think from the minute that you come into an interview it's about personality because as much as anything else with many many roles and certainly for a lot of the roles that we've recently been recruiting for whilst yes there is an element of skill set actually your personality has to fit with the business because 
things can be taught, things can be learned, but actually it's about it's about the individual and about how they can evolve into the new role. I guess a lot of the recruitment that you do is probably people in sales roles. And I suppose specific achievements in sales is really important. You know, you need to be able to say, I, I'm guessing, yes, I increased that by 50%, I increased that by 20%. You know, you, you have to be able to back up what you're saying and sell yourself. Absolutely. And also about overcoming those difficult, um, obviously with sales, there's always going to be difficulties where people have, that people have had to overcome, where they haven't been able to, where they've oversold or where they are unable to supply. And it's also about, bring in as well as those really big achievements of you know I went in and it was brilliant from the beginning and I did this and I did this it's also about actually there were difficulties with this but I overcame them by doing x y and z yes because I think sales roles have become much more customer service roles than mm-hmm. direct sales roles these days haven't they and it's about the, the relationships you have with your customers Definitely. as much as it is about percentage increases in sales do you as an interviewer, and I guess this is a personal tasting, but do you as an interviewer favour questions that catch people off guard? If you were a fish, what kind of fish would you be? You know, it, th- those yeah, kind of absolutely. questions. Absolutely. So we quite often ask what sort of biscuit you would be, right. um, <laughs> which kind of always makes people like, mm. I think actually in the world of sales, people are always ready for those things. And I think actually in the world of sales, it's about that quick thinking, isn't it? Being able to answer and come back with something, even if it's a filler uh, whilst you're thinking, it's about, you know, none of those awkward silences. Is there a right answer to that question, Tina? Because I'm really thinking about it now. I'm, I'm overthinking it. I mean, is, do, do you have like a checklist that if someone says Bourbon, you're just going, oh my God, no, we're not having Bourbon. <laughs> I always just kind of think it's really interesting. Like, uh, had somebody say that they were a rich tea. See, bland, bland with no personality. Yeah, carry on. My boss tells me she's a digestive, and I'm like, oh, I'd like to think we're a bit more excited than a digestive. Maybe you know, a bit of a chocolate hobnob or something. I don't know. (laughs) All I'm thinking now is I'd be like a multi-pack assortment of broken biscuits. That's what I'd be. Ah, why broken? I don't know. I'm trying to sound interesting. It's an interview, Tina. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to get my personality across. Oh my god, this is going so badly. <laughs> All right. So, what are the biggest mistakes people make in interviews? You know, what sets your alarm bells ringing? One of the biggest things is when people have come and are bitter towards their ex-employers. When you're asking what's brought them here today, what made them want to leave their their previous business? And actually, people move. We're in a different world now than we used to be. It's not a job for life. People do generally move around a, a, a little bit more than they used to. And actually, when you've got bitterness and that comes across in an interview towards your ex-employer, always rings alarms for me. Because actually, what if we do something you don't like? Because actually, there is that element of, are you a difficult employee? And actually, sometimes, even if things have been difficult in the past, maybe it's just, you know, it was time to move on. I'm looking for new challenges rather than, oh, my manager said this and I couldn't deal with that. And because I have had people that have, you know, if the management had dealt with it differently, they will still be there. (laughs) It's like, "Mm." Yeah, yeah, I suppose that happens a lot when they are job hunting because of redundancy of as well. Of course, of course. I think the only thing that I would say at the moment is there have been job cuts throughout many, many industries. But I kind of think actually people need to understand the reason that these redundancies are happening at the moment. We're in a difficult world, aren't we? 
I did an interview once where the interviewee, you know, we, we had these two sofas and there's a coffee table kind of thing in the middle, and they sat down and just put their feet up on the coffee table. Nice. And, <laughs> you know, immediately I'm thinking, no. And, and I suppose it's really hard to look past certain certain things. You, you know, your own personal reactions in an interview situation is very difficult to kind of put to one side, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of judging as people, that's what we do. However, it's kind of trying to overcome those, you know, as an interviewer, it's overcoming those things. But also as as somebody that's that's gone to an interview as a candidate, it's about thinking, what are these people expecting from me? Yes, that's quite a relaxed atmosphere. Being it, but but actually, would you put your feet up on your on your mother in law's table? Now, come on, Tina, you must have an anecdote. Every HR person has got an anecdote about the worst interview ever. So let's hear it. Oh my goodness! So I've actually very recently I interviewed somebody who on CV absolutely amazing came to the interview in. I would say not really just for an interview. So it was actually face to face. It was it, it, it was recently. So it has been sort of during the COVID crisis. Obviously, everything in place. They'd phoned, so they were there. Came down. They were outside having a cigarette outside the main entrance. Not anti-smoking at all, but actually, it was a time and a place. Came into the interview, and actually, from beginning to end, was just how much they hated their ex-employer um, <laughs> and actually didn't talk about the role itself at all. And there's kind of that element always as an interviewer in those situations where you recognise that this is just wasted, you know, this isn't the right candidate, it's wasting your time. But actually, you still kind of feel obliged to allow them to continue. So yeah, 45 minutes about why the managing director of the previous company the employee had worked for was a terrible man. <laughs> Oh dear. I mean, we've talked about this on previous episodes of this, is but you have to allow yourself a certain grief process when it comes to losing a job and looking for a new one. Your own demeanour and confidence plays such a big part when it comes to, to interviews as it does with anything. Right, so the bit in an interview, which is always a bit weird and a bit awkward, is the have you got any questions for us stage. What is it okay to ask about? Anything that you want to know, I think, that's job specific. So when people are asking, what do you find actually the best thing about working here? What do you think the biggest challenges for me would be? Things about the company, again, and the ethos, like what charities do you support? Those kind of things, because actually, quite often, all the package with regards to pensions and holidays and all of those things, they're all covered in the interview. The details about the role itself are all covered in the interview. So it's, again, kind of thinking about those other things like actually will it work here what do you all do at lunch are there things that we do outside of work are there social events it's kind of those things I had one once where I said you know have you got any questions for us and their response was yeah how strict are you with the start and finish times (laughs) so maybe the better question would be how do you feel about flexible working (laughs) rather than how strict are you (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right, you've touched on it a few times here, but obviously we're in a very different environment at the moment when it comes to face-to-face meetings. So I imagine a lot of interviews are taking place via Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever it is. What's the difference in how to handle that if you're an interviewee, do you think? I think, again, it's about being in the right environment. So, you know, let's not be sat on the edge of your bed or, you know, having people 
cooking dinner behind you you know you still need to think of yourself very much in that office place you know in that interview environment be dressed you quite often see these things don't you on uh, on youtube where they where people have got their suits on and then they stand up and they've got their boxes on be ready <laughs> be ready yeah. be ready to be asked to stand up yeah, yeah. <laughs> And work out the exact field of view of your camera. Absolutely, absolutely. I find with working from a laptop with your camera on, actually it can be quite difficult to get that into the right position rather than you looking down, you know, people looking up your nose. It is important that you get those things all all ready. Well, we did a podcast episode about body language and I recommend people go back and listen to that if they if they want to hear more on this kind of thing because, of, of course, when you're doing a Zoom call with someone, you're looking at them but them is not the camera. No, absolutely. So you're always looking slightly down because you're looking at your screen and it's teaching yourself to look at the camera when you're giving your answers. Okay, so you've had your interview, Zoom or otherwise. What's the acceptable thing to do to follow up? Do you just say thank you? Do you send emails? When do you chase if you haven't heard anything? What's the protocol there? So, well, I kind of think, I, I always think that actually you should follow in that interview, not immediately, but give yourself a couple of hours, some time to, to process actually all of that information. Think about actually whether you really want the role and then pop through an email thanking for the interviewer from the time and also letting them know, that you are interested also if you've got any additional questions something like a, a you know a nice question you know about maybe the ability to start or actually when you would be free or just to add something on there that kind of shows a, again a little bit of your personality because it's all about people you know certainly in a sales role people buy from people and p.s here's a picture of my old boss that i photoshopped with him under a bus that kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tina, thank you so much. We could we could talk about this all day, but thank you so much for your time. Can I just say that you've passed this interview? Ah, oh, thank you, Andrew. I'm happy to offer you the job right now. Brilliant. When am I starting? Well, it, de- <laughs> it, de- it depends how, how you feel about starting on time and finishing oh. on time. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Look, Tina, thank you so much for your time. This has been absolutely brilliant, really insightful, really interesting information for people out there who have got to do this for real. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, Tina. That was Tina Wilkins from Vardo. Massive thanks to her. Brilliant conversation. Some really interesting practical tips in there too, so I hope you found it useful. Remember, you can find out everything about the KBB Review Save Our Skills campaign at kbbreview.com forward slash save our skills and everything about the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. See you next time.